the game is over. The New York Jets are the world champions. You play to win the game. He's got it. That's a Jet touchdown. Can't wait. You're listening to the official Jets podcast, a Jets 360 production. Welcome inside the Wednesday huddle on the official Jets podcast. Ethan Greenberg here with Olivia Landis bringing you another hot edition of the Wednesday huddle. Ayo. Jets took home a win this weekend. Jets were vibing on the field, positive vibes in the locker room. Got a win. Good good Sunday. Heck good yeah. Sunday. It was it's beautiful all, out. A little too hot though. Always a good Sunday when you get when you snag a win, and it was extremely hot. You know, th- but you have to give credit to the fans for sticking it out for most you, of the game. And and also ironic, it was fall on Sunday. Yeah, a uh, quote unquote. Yeah, I'll put an air fall. quote here. I'll put an air quote. You I don't can't know where see this it because it's a podcast. At. Yeah, I'm waiting for fall. Fall's my favorite season. Same, yeah. So, uh, I'm, I'm You like that excited. pumpkin spice latte? I'm not, no, I'm not a pumpkin spice <laughs> latte kind of guy. Me neither. But I will say I do indulge in, uh, when it gets a little colder, in uh, mint hot chocolate. Mint hot chocolate. Um, come wintertime. Dude, I just can't with you. And what do you mean? Weird, weird candy, sweet options. Okay, we're going to go there this early in the Wednesday huddle. Also, <laughs> please subscribe. We're on your phones. We're on your internet machines, NewYorkJets.com and SoundCloud. You can check us out there. Subscribe in your podcast app through your phone. But let's backtrack two weeks ago where Olivia and I had a little bit of a candy debate where Marshawn Lynch, Oakland Raiders running back, obviously sponsored by Skittles or he eats the Skittles, whatever. We asked each other what candy we'd want to be sponsored by. You went with... You went off the map, okay? You went with strawberry. No, I'm sorry. You went with Mentos. Flavored. Flavored. Fruit flavored Mentos. Mentos, And (laughs) I went with Sour Patch Kids. So we took to Twitter to figure out who was right and who was wrong. And the people agree with your boy, Ethan Greenberg. I got to give you this one. The people have officially spoken. It's the people's champ, as EA and many others say, give me the bell. And I swept the floor 93% in favor of EG, OL. You know, you can't you can't spell Landis or Olivia without an L. Okay. And that's what she took right. on the candy pole. <laughs> but we got bigger fish to fry here. And obviously the Jets won. It was great. But something that was really cool was pregame national anthem. The Jets linked arms with each other, with CEO and chairman Christopher Johnson. And general manager Mike McCagney and Todd Bowles. One of the coolest things that you can see in sports is when sports, you know, people often say sports are a microcosm of life. And now it was just really special to see on Sunday, I thought. Yeah, I thought so too. And I spoke to Josh McCown earlier this week, and he mentioned how that was just one of the most special things to him because he was able to come together with his teammates. And he led, he led a huddle. Actually, after the game, which we saw, which we saw a video of, which was really cool. So to see people come together and really stand together to try and make a difference is is an awesome thing to see. All right, so moving on now, the Jets welcome the Jaguars week four. The Jags. The Jags, the second home game for the Jets in as many weeks. And something that's kind of interesting that I'd like to touch on is the Jaguars coming back 
from London this past weekend where they dominated the Ravens in a 44-7 victory. But traveling to London and then traveling on a road game to New York must be really difficult mm -hmm. because I, the Dolphins even, I feel I feel bad for the players because obviously week one they didn't play because of Hurricane Irma, so that was their bye week, right? So 16 straight weeks of football, and on top of that, they traveled to L.A. to play the Chargers in week two, played us in week three in uh, at MetLife. Then they travel all the way to London in week four, and then finally they play in South Florida in week five. That's crazy. Which is, and then you get no rest. Yeah. And for the Jags, a little different because their bye week wasn't week one. But still, you even though the Jaguars were home technically in London, that was their home game, it's a neutral site. It's across the pond. It's five-hour time difference. You go for the majority of the week. You come back. You get adjusted. And then you go on the road. Yeah. That's not... I mean, listen, we've talked about this earlier in some of our earlier podcasts, and travel is a huge deal. I think it takes a big toll on the players, especially flying cross-country. I mean, the U.S. isn't small, okay, people? So when you're going to L.A. one week and then New York, west to east coast, that's crazy right there. But then to go across, you know, like you said, across the pond all the way over to Europe, that's a huge trip, and I've taken that trip multiple times, oh, let me tell you. Oh, oh, we got a world traveler over here. We got here. a world traveler here. You it's said crazy. that you studied abroad in Italy, mm -hmm. but what's your favorite place that you've been to, not in the U.S., that you'd like to go back to, or somewhere that you haven't been? I think one of the places I'd like to go back to would probably be Germany, Munich. Okay. And go to Oktoberfest. It oh, is, okay. It is just Germany's All right, I see where Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. October's coming up, people. Wishing I was in Germany. October Sunday. Can you believe that? No, I can't. Jets, it's Jack. Crazy. That's the start of Breast Cancer Awareness Month in the mm -hmm. NFL. September flew by. You went to Oakland. You came back, I'm sure. How did you feel afterwards? I mean, you're not putting on pads every day like yeah. these guys, but still, you do the travel. With the travel... For me, for a person that's, like you said, not putting on the pads, not out there every single day grinding, it's still hard, you know? The time difference is what mm -hmm. messes you up the most because, you know, you could travel on a plane, you get to relax, you get to sleep yeah. as much as you can, but the time difference is what really screws people up, I think, jumping you, back and forth. Something that I've heard is that it also messes up your eating schedule. I don't know if that really affected you, but I've heard that no, for football. not me. Oh, <laughs> Oktoberfest doesn't mess up the eating schedule. Okay. But no, but I, I've heard from uh, Bart Scott, who does Inside the Jets with Eric Allen on Monday nights, and that is repurposed as a podcast here on the official Jets podcast every Monday night. So make sure to tune in ESPN 98.7 or go over to Vanderbilt Sports and Spirits right across here from One Jets Drive. But something that he said is that when you travel to Oakland, or anywhere across the country that sometimes as football players, you know, a big part of being a player is health and your nutrition, and it kind of screws up your eating schedule, especially on game day when you have to make sure to have a pregame meal, a breakfast, and whatever. So I was just wondering if that affected you. I guess it didn't. It didn't. All right, facts. And uh, anyway, so Sunday, Jets-Jags, 1 p.m. MetLife Stadium. Something that I'm looking forward to, Jamal Adams lining up against his former teammate and friend, Leonard Fournette, both of them top six picks in the draft. Fournette went fourth. Jamal obviously went sixth to the Jets. So he's probably really looking forward to this game, not only because it's the next on the schedule, but this is the potential jersey swap, okay? Jersey swap alert. <laughs> After the game. Mark your calendar. Again, 
this is going to be cool to see these two guys, like you said, who literally went just a couple picks apart. They were friends, went to play together at LSU. It's going to be cool to see these two kind of match up together. But can you imagine playing against one of your buddies yeah, I, that you went no. to high school with? Like, in but, a professional sport? But not only sport? that, but, like, tackling him, like, tackling the hell out of him. Yeah, like, you know? I mean, yeah, I mean, it'd be one thing if they were both, you know, defensive players. But yeah. this is going to be... It's going to be cool to see. But, but I'm sure they both love it. I'm sure that, that after, the, like, if Jamal comes up and tackles him and, lay, and lays a hard hit, I'm sure he's going to get a little smile out of Leonard Fournette yeah. just as the other way if Fournette rolled over I have a question Jamal. for oh, you. Oh, I love If okay. you were Jamal yeah. and, you know, you were playing against Leonard Fournette, would you take it easy? Would you take it easy? I'd or go would harder. you go as hard as you can but well, tackle the crap out yeah, of him? Yeah, all right. I try to keep a level head because emotions, you know, that's where you, that's where you get steered wrong that's when you let your emotions take over. <laughs> but I would definitely give a little extra chirp afterwards. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because, you know, if that's your buddy, you know that it's not going to get in his head. And you know that if you give him a little a little bit of lip after the play that he think it's funny too. And that's one of those memorable moments where, let's say, uh, even 20 years down the line, they could be, you know, they're sitting down on each other's couches being like, hey, remember that one time our rookie year? When we played each other the first time and I told you X, Y, Z, I think that I'd have to go just as hard. Wouldn't you? I think so. I don't, personally me, I'm just such a competitive person. Uh, example, I, I, how me and Ethan keep yeah. comparing. You mean how you keep losing. No, uh, ew, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Watch yourself. I've taken one L and I'm just, and that's, that'll be the last. I promise okay, you, yeah. I promise you that Okay. Uh, Anyways. Yeah, we're going to have to think um, of another Twitter poll here. <laughs> Anyways, if it were me. I would. I'd, I'm with you. I'd probably go h- harder. You need, you gotta be. You gotta have that upper hand. You want to be right. the friend that comes out on top. And, and like, if you, yeah, exactly, exactly. If my bu- if my friend were on the other side, like if it was Ethan Greenberg versus you know one of my friends, I, I'd want I'd want to shut him down. Like I, mm-hmm. I don't want to see him succeed against mm-hmm. me against the rest of the league. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Not against me. Okay, yeah. that's yeah. not cool. Bragging rights when you're older too. One you game. are absolutely right. <laughs> any, any other questions for me? I do have another question for you, actually. So you have interviewed our Darius Stewart. I have as well. He's given us the stew-bop, the lowdown on his famous touchdown swag. Oh, you know you got to hit him with the stew-bop. stew-bop. stew What would your trademark dance move be if, one, maybe say you were a defensive player, you, you got a sack or a oh, PD man. or – your receiver, whatever, running back, and you score a touchdown. You know, this requires a lot of thought because to me it's like it's like dunks in the NBA contest, right, in the NBA dunk competition every February, which is I'd want to think of one per week. You know, I want to change it up a little bit. I don't know if I would have one for sure. Really? But, but here's my question is, well, first of all, I have to get the team involved. The group celebrations, which is now legal in the NFL, I think is awesome, mm-hmm. right? And you saw a couple weeks ago, you've seen it throughout, like Juju Smith-Schuster on the Steelers and the rest of uh, the receiving core. I think Le'Veon Bell was in there, too, who, oh, by the way, Lawrence Thomas, defensive lineman slash fullback for the Jets, blocked for him in college at Michigan State. They were, they were, uh, playing, they were playing dice. You know, they were rolling the dice. So I thought that was funny. Um, the, my question to you is, am I my current height? Because I, <laughs> no, that, that's like a serious question. Um, I mean... We'll give you an advantage. You can pick any. Okay. Height. Well, can, can I just have hops? Yeah, you can have hops. Because keep I, your height. Have serious hops. All right. Because I think like the dunk. You know mm-hmm. what I mean on the goalpost. I think that's sweet. And yeah. that that 
had gotten discouraged. Uh, honestly, I think it depends on the play because, for example, I'm going to paint a picture for you, right? You want me to do my Bob with shoes in play-by-play voice? Do it. I do can't, the I, I Bob with shoes in play-by-play voice. I can't do the big game Bob. You better hope Bob's not listening. I know. I, I can't do play-by-play. Uh, -play. But basically, this is what would happen. I catch. Uh, I do an out route, right? Or and the ball would be thrown to me. I make a couple guys miss because I'm by my natural state of athletic ability involves agility and quickness. Oh, uh, if you ever want your ankles broken, hit me up. Anyway, okay. <laughs> so then I'd be running up the sideline and be like a big touchdown play. Mm -hmm. But then I'd slide in the end zone, pop up, and give like the safe mark, like in baseball. Okay, so you're integrating other sports into it. I like that. Yeah, so I, I mean, I'd like to get creative, but like on that play, you know, you're hustling, and then you, because there's no one around, you beat the throw home. As a metaphor, you pop up, you're safe, baby. That's safe six on the board. baby. What about you? Well, I mean, I think I'd like to dance. I'm not a good dancer, so. But this isn't like, okay, I agree with you, but it's, it's, a, it's an art because it's not like, you're out dancing is not yeah. like a specific, you can't like swing dance. I mean, you can, it just wouldn't be a funny celebration. Exactly. I'd like to think I'm funny, but sometimes people, you know, they just don't have a great sense of humor. So I would try for uh -huh. maybe a funny celebration. Okay. You gotta pump up the crowd like Jamal on Sunday. Like Jamal on Sunday. That was, dude, he, that was incredible. The way you could feel, mm -hmm. you could feel the whole stadium the whole feeding defense. off of his energy. The defense was dancing oh, yeah. as the Miami Dolphins were in the huddle calling a play. It was, it was pretty cool to see. It, it was phenomenal. And also, you know, I'm sure it'll be cool this weekend because if you don't know, Kevin Mawai is going to be inducted into the Ring of Honor at halftime, which is going to be phenomenal. I think it's time to bring in former Jet Center Kevin Mawai. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Of course. And so, obviously, it was announced at the kickoff luncheon that you would be joining the Ring of Honor. So, on the stage when you delivered your speech. As a player in the NFL, I used to go out to the stadium four or five hours before a game and just sit in the stands and enjoy the moment. Um, the smell of the grass when they cut the field, um, they're painting the field, and I would sit there and read all the names of the greats that ever played the game um, in every one of the stadiums. And I remember that guy when I played when I was eight years old. I remember that guy that's on the Ring of Honor when I was in high school, and I remember that guy Never once wanting to be one of those guys, I just wanted to be a good football player. And I stand before you today, and for you young players, I get to be one of those guys now. Thank you. You, you got a little emotional before, during. So I just kind of wanted to know what was going through your mind when you initially heard that you were going to be part of the Ring of Honor? Well, I just, you know... I think the first thing is kind of surprise, and then the next reaction is, wow, this is pretty cool. And, you know what I mean? Leading up to that, coming up to New York and kind of under the circumstances that I was told I was coming there for, it, it just kind of was a little fishy. Um, I'd asked during the first morning, hey, you'll be there for luncheon. He said, no, congratulations, though. I had no clue what he was talking about. Now, this is like a week beforehand. And then the day before they announced it, I said, picture, if I take a picture with Vinny Testaverde of one of the images on the wall in the facility and said, hey, I just wanted to show you a picture of my favorite quarterback. And it was him. And he, he called me and said, hey, congratulations. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And, and so it was kind of then that I kind of like, well, maybe this is a little bit different than just coming here for a luncheon. 
And so then the next day at the luncheon, they just kind of played it off. All of you know, guys with the gestures were nonchalant about it. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm wrong. And then they announced it. And that's when I was like, wow, it really is happening. And, and it was pretty cool. It was special. And I spent so much of my career there, you know, over half my career with the Jets and had some successful runs. And, you know, I had individually had a great career while I was there. And it's just, uh, yeah, so all those emotions just kind of came flooding back to me. You weren't expecting it. You're talking about how, you know, they kind of played this off. But what was your immediate feelings, especially when you heard your name and you heard what they actually had you coming out here for? Well, when when uh, Bob Houston called Joe Klecko, Joe Namath, and Wayne Corbett up to the stage, that's when it hit me. That's when I knew what it was. And I looked at Wayne, and um, and uh, I said, well, I said, something's going on. And he goes, yeah, he goes, and he looked at me and says, it's a good thing. And, and that's <laughs> what I knew. And, and, you know, it was just, it was neat because it brought back so many memories of, you know, what we did while I was there with the team, the, the guys I did it with, and, you know, Wayne, you know, I spoke about how Wayne, I told Wayne before, he's one of my favorite teammates, and, as well as Benny and, and Curtis, and, and so just as, all of a sudden, like, your Rolodex of all your teammates that you played with start spinning through your head, and then you're forced to remember some of the great moments that you had with the Jets, and, and so those are the things that just kind of started going through the head, my head, and, and it really is a wow factor. It's one of those things that you like, there's a personal kind of sense of pride of being like I was one of the best ever put the green and white on and and people recognize that Kevin just uh backtracking here for a second did Vinny kind of ruin the surprise but you didn't really <laughs> understand what was going on because you <laughs> got you, you got caught off guard because you were just sending him a friendly text and then all of a sudden he's saying congratulations you're 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 like what, what is this for and then it just comes together on stage when Wayne says this is a good thing is that how it went down yeah, I kind of did. Look, <laughs> one thing you did off the line, you never throw your quarterback under the bus. So, yeah. Vinny did a great job of backtracking and playing it off. And then, because, I mean, I, I was backstage, and they're like, well, just go up there with the offensive line, man. You'll walk in. And then it goes, and offensive line's led by, uh, you know, New York Jack Grace. And then it was the Brickshaw Ferguson. I'm like, really? <laughs> Seriously? And uh, so. And he's a great player and all right, but I'm like, you got him, and then, yeah, I'm the third guy behind him. And so there's kind of a little bit of that going on. And uh, so they, they said they did a great job of playing it off, and, and but then he didn't ruin it. He just kind of added to the suspicion of it. And, and then uh, he goes, well, whatever happens tomorrow, enjoy, you know, congratulations, and you didn't hear anything from me. So – um, that's when I kind of knew, but again, like I said, they did, you know, all the people with the Jets organization did a great job of kind of informing me off the scent the day of the brunch, of the luncheon, and, uh, and it was special. Whether I knew the day before or not, it was still a special moment and one that I'm going to remember for a long, long time. You are going to officially be in the Jets' ring of honor, and that comes with a lot of talent and a lot of time with the Jets. So with your time, take us back to some of your top memories playing for the Jets and kind of walk us wow. through what are some of the things that really stick out to you. It all started back in the free during free agency in, in 98 when I met with Bill Parcells. You know, he, he showed me that he knew what it took to win and it made me feel like I was a priority for him and for the Jets. And so 
the day that I was told I agreed to terms that we agreed to terms with the Jets was pretty a pretty special moment. And then that's where I met Rick Lyle, who was with the Jets at the time. And over the course of my career there, we developed a really close relationship. And so a lot of the memories include him as just being a friend on the field but off the field as well. And then we go into the '98 season. You know, we end up signing Brian Cox and Vinny Testaverde in that free agency period. You know, they secured Curtis Martin and. It could be arguably one of the best free agent classes that the Jets have ever had, and and uh, we go on to win you know twelve you know twelve games that year, and you know win the division, get the first round bye, and we go to the AFC Championship game. And in that season, we had some really some good games. The one game that really sticks out is where the home of the Jets cheer at the end of the game started when we played Kansas City in Kansas City, hadn't played in the AFC West. For my first four years, I knew that their tradition was to sing the national anthem. But at the very end, it was the, and the home of the Chiefs. So we beat them on a John Hall field goal late at the end of the game, and we broke it down. And uh, somebody told me that I was the one who started it, but you know, it doesn't matter who did. But it became a tradition in the Jets locker room that when you win, you you, know, you break it down in the home of the Jets. And so that's where that started, and I was part of that. And, so that was a game that really stuck out in my mind. You know, I think one all-time favorite is the Monday Night Miracle game, which is always voted as the, the best Monday Night game in the history of the league. Absolutely. We're down by 30 points in the fourth quarter. We come back, make it into overtime, and we win the game on a John Hall field goal. Um, that's pretty special. And, and one that every time they replay that game, I ended up watching it on TV like I've never seen it before, and I was part of it. And, uh, it's more like instead of just one or two pinpoint moments, it's a collection of all those moments and the guys that made it special for me. So, uh, Kevin, you you mentioned Vinny, you mentioned Wayne. Someone that I want to talk about is Curtis Martin, one of the the top running backs in NFL history. Just what was it like for you to block for someone that's made it to Canton? And obviously you're someone that, fingers crossed, will be in there with Curtis one day. So what was it like to block for him, and do you have a particular story that sticks out to you about Curtis Martin, the player or the person? Well, Curtis, just, uh, you know, Parcells used to say that when your best player in the locker room is the best person in the locker room, then you're going to have something special. And that's what Curtis is, and that's what he was. And he embodied everything that you would hope a player would be. He was phenomenally talented but incredibly humble about it. And, you know, he's friends with everybody, got along with everybody in the locker room. And um, and so he was a special person, not just a special teammate. And, you know, and I think an interesting thing about Curtis is, though he has over 10,000-some yards rushing, he never had a run over 40 yards or 30 yards or whatever it was. And so he did it the hard way. He chipped away. You know, there are games where he carried the ball 30-something times, and there's like five yards here, five yards there. And, and he was a workhorse running back, and, you know, he never celebrated in the, in the locker in, in the end zone. He scored a touchdown, turned around, come right to his offensive lineman. The funny thing about Curtis was he never said anything in, a, in the huddle, but there were times or two where he'd get mad and yell in the huddle at one of us or the group, and then the next play he'd come back in the huddle, hey, guys, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to yell. It's yesterday, I know that. And, you know, in, you're in the middle of the game, and you got Curtis apologizing because he got lit up five yards in the backfield. And, and, um, but, again, it goes to speak to who he was as a person Kevin, I'll tell you what, I'll make you a promise right here on the Jets official podcast that, first off, I was one of those kids growing up that watched you playing. 
I will guarantee you that as a as a father down the road, I will pass on the legacy that you wish to be bestowed to well, the young fans. I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. That means, that really does mean a lot, and I appreciate it. No problem. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. Could not be more deserving of having your name and number up in the Raptors. And looking forward to seeing you later in the week and, and safe travels. And thanks again for hopping on the Jets official podcast. Yeah, congratulations Absolutely. Again. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Kevin. All right, that was Kevin Mawai. Great guy. Couldn't be more deserving of having his name and number up in the Raptors like we talked about. And I'm real excited to hear what he has to say and what he will say when he addresses the Jets crowd because we saw him at the kickoff luncheon last month and he he was his emotions were raw they were pure they were genuine what one of my we talked about we talked Fixed about bucket list talked about bucket list a couple weeks ago one of my bucket list items is to deliver a big speech to I don't know what it is but like a ring of honor speech something along that whether it's a commencement speech I love speeches <laughs> oh, I don't man. know why learning more about uh, yeah, Greenberg. I know fun fact uh, I killed my bar mitzvah speech I, dro- I dropped the mic afterwards. It was great. Oh, man. I, I, this had, is the place, great. I had the place rocking, rocking. You, you couldn't believe it. What, what do you go with as your opening line when you do, when you do a speech? Uh, you go comedic? You go serious? Well, what do you do? I, I usually tend to lighten the mood, but like I come in serious, but then I like, it's like, again, another baseball ana- analogy. You're coming in with the fastballs, and then you just drop a curve in there. Mm-hmm. Audience doesn't know what happens. Start laughing. Now you got them in the palm of your hand. Now it's my show. Like it's not that. their show. It's my show. And okay. then they're happy to be there. I like that. That's that's a good way of looking at it. I appreciate that. Okay. Was- I'm looking forward to, by the way, one day when you're going to give one of these speeches. Because you're talking it up pretty. <laughs> I expect yeah. a lot. I have high yeah. expectations. Okay. All right. Well, for you, it might be like, uh, it might be an advice thing because you keep losing in these polls. <laughs> I'm about to walk out of here, people. <laughs> I'm about, about to, be, to walk out of here. It's about to be here. Ethan Greenberg on the Wednesday huddle. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're about to be Olivia, solo. Olivia's dancing solo. She's making me do the pod solo. <laughs> I see how it goes. All right. All right. No, no, you know, maybe one day. Maybe one day if if, uh, if the streets align. I don't know what that means, but. If the streets align. I'm going to start using that. Yeah, I don't know what it means, so please tell me when. Uh, <laughs> like, a, like a Cosby hat. <laughs> If the stars align, our our lovely producer just uh, rang in our yeah. ears and gave us words. Well, if of wisdom. the stars align, Olivia, I'll let you, <laughs> you know what? I'll give you a speech. Okay? okay, perfect. And if the streets align too, that'd be good too, because maybe the stars will. Y- you can if if both happen, perfect. There we go. Nothing can go wrong, right? <laughs> Nothing. I don't think so. I don't, personally no. But if the stars align, then all shall be fine. Look at that rhyme. Yeah, I speech. That's what I do. I give speeches. You, this guy's too much. This guy's too much. And that's what we got on the Wednesday huddle on the official Jets podcast. Again, Jets and Jaguars this Sunday. Jets looking to go 2-2 two and two on the year in 2017. Kevin Mawai is going to be there, okay? You got to go. You got to see what he has to say because this guy is one of the greats to ever wear green and white. And you should honor him the same way he wants to honor you. And honestly, it's going to be a beautiful day. I don't think it's quite fall weather. It's, it's, so, it's 80, you know, 70s. Yeah. It'll, It'll be, be a nice weather. day. It'll, It'll be, be a great weather. weather. We're going to be there. So, like, A-Squad is going to be there. So, you're going to want to be there. Again, this is the Wednesday Huddle. Make sure to subscribe on your phone and your podcast app on NewYorkJets.com. You can check us out as well as SoundCloud. See you Sunday, people.